The Ontario government has quietly passed legislation aimed to protect factory farms, animal processing plants, truck drivers, and farm animals. But it appears to target whistleblowers and animal activists. Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. It's called Bill 156, Security from Trespass and Protecting Food Safety Act. According to the agriculture industry, farmers face uncertainty when it comes to dealing with animal protesters or whistleblowers. Many recall the situation a few years back with activist Anita Kranjic. She was arrested for giving water to pigs on a truck headed to a slaughterhouse. It garnered a lot of attention, and eventually she was acquitted of mischief. Alberta has now passed similar legislation, and several U.S. states have it as well. Although in some, it has been found to violate constitutional rights, and in some states has been struck down. Today on the Unpublished Cafe, we'll take a look at Bill 156 and whether it was necessary or heavy-handed toward whistleblowers and animal rights supporters. Keith Curry is the president of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, and he joins us now. And Keith, I, I imagine the association's happy with the legislation. How will this improve the working conditions for employees? So, Ed, we've been uh, asking the government uh, for a number of years, the governments for a number of years, to put some teeth in the Trespassing Act. And I think we need to make one thing clear here. And this is not an anti-activist bill. This is a uh, trespass and and, uh, food security act that's been passed. And, you know, we are dealing constantly with people who invade our personal private property, our farms. Uh, Activists in particular come in. Into, the, into our properties, in particular animal activists, anti-animal activists, mm-hmm. who break into our buildings, they, they take our livestock. Um, you know, you just, you just described the, the famous pig trial. Yeah. Um, for a trucker who's got a load of pigs going into a processing facility, sees a woman with a bottle of something in her hand, has no idea what it is. It turned out to be water, but it could have been anything. Who knows what it was? It could have been something that could have been poisoning the, poisoning the, the animals before uh, going into our food supply system. So, we're looking for we were looking for the government to step up and, and protect uh, our properties because these are not only our places of business but these are our places of residence too and it's where we raise our family it's where we have employees there and as I mentioned they, they, you know they break into buildings they scare animals they, they break all the biosecurity protocols that we have in place and you know when you look at, at uh, a little over a couple of years ago uh, the majority of the swine herd in China was wiped out by African swine fever a very contagious highly easily spread disease. Uh, people don't think about these kinds of things. Avian influenza, we're going through a pandemic right now where where a virus is spread rapidly. Uh, these are what we're trying to protect with these biosecurity zones that we have to, is for protecting the animals. And in fact, when these activists go into our buildings and, and they actually terrorize the animals, they scare the animals because they're not used to seeing them. They go in the dark, they, the, the animals are frightened. Uh, and, and it's just, it's invading our privacy along with, uh, and along with this, we're also trying to protect those, uh, the, the animal protection zones, like around livestock trucks who are trying to go into processing plants, like people that are showing animals at fairs and exhibitions. Uh, we know of a carriage uh, business uh, that has just been uh, really terrorized for the last couple of years by activists uh, trying to trying to halt them doing their business because they're using horses and carriages providing a service. So it's these kinds of things that we're trying to stop. And along with trespassing and property in general, 
uh, people run ATVs and snowmobiles and motorbikes and even even uh, motorized vehicles through our fields and on our properties and destroying our crops and and really the the previous trespassing uh, legislation really didn't have enough teeth in it to to warrant the police taking action. So we're very happy to see that the government's stepping up and putting some teeth in some legislation now. All right. Now, what uh, from for your from your perspective, what do you think is the difference uh, between the Trespass Act and 156, and and why will this be better for Ontario farmers? It's very clearly defined uh, what tr- the trespassing is, and essentially, it's you need consent. And the consent part was key because a lot of our our farm properties, we do have people that we allow to come in and fish on on our land if we have rivers going through or they hunt on our land, or even to have a snowmobile trail or an ATV trail that's that's sanctioned by by the various um, uh, groups in in Ontario. The farmer can allow that to happen, but they have to have permission. And and it's about the permission to enter. So, you know, you can imagine, Ed, you and your significant other are going out for dinner and you hire the neighbor's uh, neighbor's kid to come and babysit. And when you're gone for supper, I come into your house and I really scare the kids. I scare the babysitter. I terrorize the house. I trash it. And then I take pictures of the kids when they're frightened. And I post stuff online saying, uh, what a bad parent you are. That's really un- an unfair snippet. But this is what we're having to deal with with activists on a, on a daily basis almost. So we're, we're trying to, to just get people to respect our personal space. Um, the harassment and the bullying that happens online and, and even within in activities that activists do is, is really, I, I don't understand it because if you do that kind of activity in the workplace, there's labor laws against it. There's harassment and bullying that can, charges that can come up against you. And, you know, the activists will tell you this is an egg bill and um, it, it's not, it's not an egg bill. There was a, a, a previous bill passed last year, the, the, um, Animal Welfare uh, Act, which has 136, which allows people to call in. And, and the reason why we want people to call authorities, because the people that are trained in animal husbandry understand it. These activists, they don't come from a farm. They don't have anything to do with really what their goal is. They want to stop animal agriculture culture because the bulk of them are, are vegans or vegetarians. And I respect their right to choose what they what they eat, and I even respect their right to protest. If they're at the end of my laneway, I'm not going to like it, but it's okay. They're at the end of my laneway. They're not coming into my personal space. So, so it's really about about uh, respecting people's personal property and per- personal space. And uh, the you know if if there are egregious things going on by some of our membership, there are, we want them. We want you to call them in. We want people to report you know bad actors that are out there. There's no no room for them out there but activists will lead you to believe that everybody that owns an animal is a is a bad uh, is a bad keeper of animals keith curry joining us on the unpublished cafe he's the president of the ontario federation of agriculture as we're discussing bill 156 the security from trespass and protecting food safety act and and you say 156 is getting, has more teeth now uh than than the trespass act uh, what i want to know is in previous times with the trespass act were farmers not getting response from police because, you know, the Trespass Act doesn't seem to be quite so strong? 
Uh, that's part of the issue, Ed. Uh, certainly, police have a, are understaffed, under underfunded, and and have a lot on their a lot on their to do list on a daily basis. And and some of it, especially in rural areas, it may not be a priority. But uh, certainly, working with the Solicitor General's uh, Ministry, uh, you know, we're working on having the communications with our with our rural police in particular, but not just rural, because as I say, this also pertains to zones around processing plants. But talking to the to the authorities to make them understand the, the relevance and the importance of, of uh, the need for protection here. Uh, and, and so, you know, we are asking our, our members if there's an issue, call the police and, and the police will respond. I mean, they're going to try and assess the situation, whether it's a, an urgent need to respond or not. But if you've got people in, in your barn that are, you know, really harassing your animals and that that's a pretty urgent need. So we're working through that process with the, with the authorities to make sure that there's an understanding of how this is all going to work. And, uh, but certainly the, the prospect of much stiffer fines too, I think is, is, is certainly something we were looking for as a, to use as a, a deterrent. So with this new legislation, how does this improve the working conditions on these farms? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by working conditions, uh, Ed. Uh, if you're referring to, you know, the accusations that activists make that we don't treat our animals well, um, those are really unfounded. Um, you know, most of the time uh, when you look at pictures that they post online, it's, it's typically uh, because they've scared the animals. Uh, they take pictures. I, I know we had a poultry facility early in this year was broke into at 530 in the morning. Uh, people went in with flashlights on, on helmets and that the birds went berserk because they're not used to more than one person in the barn and they used to eat the, the per, they know who the person is that, that comes in and these birds went nuts and uh, while this was happening the activists were running over and grabbing them and taking pictures saying oh look how badly these birds are treated um you know and, and you know they're, they're taking pictures of animals that are any that i've seen are are, are healthy animals and and they're they're making accusations to the general public who doesn't understand animal husbandry. We have uh, rules in place that are set by the National uh, Farm Animal Council, and this council is made up not only of, of animal or farmed farmed animal uh, commodity organizations, but we have folks like uh, A and W and McDonald's sitting around there. Humane Canada is sitting around the table. Worldwide Feder- World Wildlife Federation is around the table. So there's a whole broad specter of society that actually sits around that table that sets the codes of practice for animal husbandry. And then on top of that, the commodity organizations also have their protocols as well and, and quite often are much stricter than the the national codes of practice. And, and they're strictly enforced by these commodities. So, uh, you know, there's no wiggle room for, for bad behavior. And as I mentioned, if, if you see somebody that's, that's acting, uh, acting uh, the way they shouldn't be with respect to animal husbandry, then please call it in. Uh, you know, we're, we're just as, as concerned as everyone else is. But to say that everybody is doing that is just, it's just simply unfair. No, I, I would agree with that. It, yeah, would be too, it's like painting every police officer with the same brush, too. You just can't do that. Uh, but it, yeah. it, in terms of uh, the lack of whistleblower protection, I wonder if somebody gets employed under false pretenses, uh, then obviously they would be in violation of this rule. But if somebody is working in that farm and then sees unsafe conditions, goes to report it, well, can they just not be called or not be said to be, well, they were hired under false pretenses and they're done? Absolutely not. There are labor laws that protect you. 
um, and those labor laws still exist. They still uh, apply to this situation. What do they? Um, certainly, yep. Uh, so there, there's there's all the all the rules on whistleblowing uh, are are still in place. There 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 are, as I mentioned, the Pause Act is in place. There's there's a call line for it for the call in authorities. If you're working in a processing plant, there are are still the labor laws in place to protect you as a worker uh, for reporting uh, wrongdoing within that within that facility. And and we want people to do that if if they if they willingly see or if they see uh, things that are happening that shouldn't be and they re- we want them to report them. Uh, this is not stopping that at all. And uh, this is what's being uh, this is kind of confusing for the general public who's listening to this because they don't understand that these rules are still in place and you still are protected as a worker. Are you concerned this uh, 156 may end up in court? Well, this is something we certainly we we spent the last year working with or talking with the government about what we'd like to see within a, a bill, uh, at least from a conceptual standpoint. And and certainly part of our conversation was, you know, it's got to be strong enough that it's not going to get get beat in court. And um, they have assured us uh, that they put put it to the test through through various legal streams, and and uh, they expect. A core challenge. Uh, these activist groups are very well funded, and so they do they do expect a court challenge, but they expect to to be successful in that court challenge. It, it didn't seem there was a lot of public consultation on this. I I could only find two days of consultation in London and Peterborough. Yeah, and part of the problem uh, we had COVID nineteen throw a wrench into things as well with respect to committee hearings. Uh, but the consultations uh, didn't. Uh, I think it was right at the beginning of when uh, COVID was happening, and they had planned on doing uh, four or five right across the province. But this is something that's been in the works for quite some time, and and groups have been writing to the respective elected officials and, and ministries uh, on this. So it's not that people don't have a chance to voice their opinion on this you can always you can always contact your MPP or, or the Minister of Agriculture on this at any time with uh, voicing your opinion one way or the other on it so the opportunity to, to communicate you know your thoughts on the bill was still there Keith I want to thank you for joining us that's your thing Ed I appreciate the time and uh, thanks for the opportunity to, to uh, explain our side of the story Keith Curry's the president of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. Needless to say, animal rights activists feel they are in the crosshairs of this legislation. Stiff fines up to $25,000 could be handed out on conviction. Liz White's a director with the Animal Alliance of Canada, and she joins us now. And Liz, will Bill 156 improve the working conditions for employees and the living conditions for the animals? Uh, No, I think the bill is designed to make sure that uh, people who actually get jobs to find out what's going on in plants or investigative reporters who want to document if there's been complaints uh, to prevent those people from uh, finding out what actually goes on on farms. It was interesting when I was at the committee, um, a group called Last Chance for Animals had done an undercover investigation on a goat dairy farm and asked to show the con- of the animals to the committee so that there'd be some discussion and they refused to see it. Hmm. Do you feel it's heavy handed, this Bill 156, when the Trespass, the Trespass Act is available? 
I think it's extremely heavy-handed. The minister himself, when he was in, has been interviewed a couple of times, say that the provisions in the current Trespass to Property Act and uh, the stuff that's in Bill 156 regarding trespass are essentially the same, with the exception of um, increased penalties and then a prolonged period of time where you're, you're allowed to lay a charge, the two-year period. So the question is, why wouldn't they just take the trespass bill and, um, and change it to implement those parts that they wanted to? And I think the answer to that is that they want to uh, extend it well beyond what trespass is about um, in order to prevent people from knowing what actually goes on, what happens on farms. I think when people actually see what happens to the animals on farms, um, it's pretty shocking to people, and, um, and and it has an impact on, on how we perceive farming to be in Canada. We think about these pastoral farms with animals out on, you know, beautiful blue sky and green grass and the whole, and that's not how most animals are raised in Canada for food. Do farmers have the right to protect their property, though? I think they have the right to protect their property, um, but there are also other ethical and moral issues at, at play here, and that is animals are also considered property, even though we know that they to be sentient beings, and even though we know that they have an ability to suffer and feel pain, and even though we know that current farming, most current farming in Canada is industrial, it's, it's confinement it's um, mutilation. It's all various things that we want to do in order to raise the maximum number of animals with the least amount of input to produce the cheapest meat. And at the end of the day, the animals pay an enormous price for that process. So yes, farmers have the right to protect their property, but they don't in my opinion, have the right to do whatever they want to do to animals. And the minister talks consistently about if if there is a complaint, go to the PAWS Act, the new Animal Welfare Act in Ontario. And when you actually look at the PAWS Act, animal agriculture is exempt from most of the uh, application of that act. So in fact, not only the, are, are the animals not protected from, uh, from an animal welfare animal welfare perspective under the PAWS Act, they are now, people are now prohibited from going onto farms and documenting what happens to animals. Even if somebody gets a job uh, and goes in and does the documentation, or an investigative reporter goes onto the farm in order to find out what's exactly going on. Both of those activities are now prohibited under this act. But that's false pretenses, right? It would be false. Well, you, I mean... If if it's if it in the end it is the farmer who says, um, who said it's false pretenses. You have really no way of proving it, even if you got permission from the farmer to actually go on the farm. He's not going to give you permission to document and then publicize if there are any bad conditions on the farm. So it, it will always be false pretenses. Whose voice will be silenced by Bill One Fifty Six? I think anybody who decides that if they work at a facility, a slaughterhouse, an auction barn, a farm, um, and they see um, untoward conditions which animals are being um, subjected, 
I don't think they'll they'll feel feel at all comfortable about speaking out. When you look at the goat dairy farm footage, and I would encourage your uh, support or your uh, listeners to look at it, you realize that the people who are working there either don't want to uh, expose what's going on or feel intimidated about what's going on. And, and yet the condition of the animals um, would clearly have not met any of what would be considered good animal, standard animal agriculture practices. And so you have to ask the minister if the people who work there who know that these situations are bad, are not going to complain, then how are these animals going to be protected from the kind of condition that these animals were seen in? How, and, the, and, the, and the minister has no answer for that. How have whistleblowers improved conditions for animals? Well, it's, it's interesting when, when, um, when uh, people go on to farms and there was an undercover investigation. I don't know whether you remember in Chilliwack, um, on a on a dairy farm, yes. um, and the conditions there were unbelievable, and there were a number of people charged and convicted in that situation. And so, um, it it what it means is that it uncovers at least the worst abuses that are going on on farms. But you're right; I don't think it gets at the situation where you have you know, sows in confinement crates where they can only stand up and lie down um, and can't turn around for months. Um, none of that is addressed. And, and Bill 156 protects the farmer from actually seeing what those pigs go through and what they look like. And and so I think you're right. Not all the whistle the whistleblowers often undercover the most egregious situations but not the sort of ongoing um, industrial animal agriculture uh, ways in which we treat animals in those circumstances. Does 156 violate the charter? I think it does. I think it does. I think it, uh, it, uh, it, it puts all kinds of barriers in the way of, um, of uh, say, an investigative journalist uh, to, to do undercover investigations. I think it absolutely um, and in fact, we're we're looking at, um, I think, along with a number of other groups at a charter challenge. Liz, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. Liz White's the director with the Animal Alliance of Canada. And this leads to our unpublished dot vote question. Do you feel Bill 156, Security from Trespass and Protecting Food Safety Act, violates the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Yes, no, or unsure? You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote and make your voice heard. I want to thank Keith Curry, President of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, for joining us, as well as Liz White, a director with the Animal Alliance of Canada. And I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.